one of the things everybody kept coming up to me last night and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for obeying this. And, and I, I think um, Pastor Paul saying thank you tonight and all that. But, but let, let me give, you know, the Bible says give honor where honor's due, right? Number one, um, I thank God for uh, Paul and Kim Dyer. They, they're my friends, so you expect me to say that, but they're, amen. But I'm going to tell you something. I've known this couple. I actually, they won't give me credit, but I think I had a lot to do with them finding each other. Um, and, and I'm just saying we'll leave that story for another day. But, you know, it was me. Um, it, I'm, I'd I, 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 I done that, you know, so you're welcome. And when we were in college, when we were in college, everybody would look at Paul and I and say, are y'all brothers? And I'd hit Paul and I'd say, thank them. He'd be like, what? They just said you look like me. That's the greatest compliment you'll ever get. <laughs> um, but I, I thank you guys. Y'all are true friends to Tyra and I, and, and we love and honor you. And I'm telling you, church, I know they've only been here, what, about nine, ten weeks? And um, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't fluff. If they wasn't no good, I'd just not say nothing. Because I, I, I'm not going to hell for lying. I, there may be a few things, but not that. That's just, no, I'm just kidding. But um, you guys truly at this point, and I don't know nothing about this church. I've never been here. This isn't nothing about previous pastors or anything. You've had to have great pastors up until this point to have this beautiful building and have this vision laid behind you. But I'm telling you, Hands down, you've got some of the greatest the church of God has to offer right now. To have a heart for God, a heart for missions, a heart for God's people. And I believe that they deserve our honor and respect tonight. Will you help me honor the pastor of this house? And his lovely wife. And their kids, they got some of the best kids, okay? I know there's a lot to be said about preacher's kids, and, and Eli is a spitting image of a preacher's kid, but all them other ones, they're pretty good kids. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm aggravating all of y'all. And um, now I'm going to mess with you a little bit, because that click tracks, this lady in the background kept talking, and hand to God, I thought it was just me. I, I was like, God, when did you get a female voice? I know that we're 2019 and all, but what are you trying? And I, I had to look back at him, and I said, are y'all hearing that? I know, I'm crazy. How many of you, this is your first night tonight? Throw your hands up and say, yeah, yeah. You didn't say it, sir. Don't be lifting your hand not obeying the man of God. Lord, you can't be blessed doing that. It is so good to have you here tonight, honestly. God bless you. Can we give all of our first-time guests tonight to this revival? Amen. If you've never heard me preach, if you've never seen my ministry, this is it. This is about the best it's going to get tonight. It's going downhill from here. But it is an honor to be here with you guys tonight. If you will, please... Go by the table. All I got tonight, I used to take a bunch of CDs, and I used to take, man, I'm telling you, when we travel, my wife and I travel full time, we didn't, we didn't just take, uh, back then, cassette tapes. Now, I just dated myself. Half the people are going, what? 
cassette tapes and then we had to have a duplicator and we had to have a printer and a labels the tapes we did all that stuff but now through the great technology of Facebook y'all probably say everything I preach for a long long time don't google yourself I learned that don't do that glory hallelujah please don't I got king and um, I'm a black jazz musician from Chicago I really am. No, no. But anyway, I did, and I picked up, somebody had put on YouTube some old, old videos of me when I had hair. And you know that was a long time ago because mine went real quick. But if you will, go by our table. Um, all the stuff that we do, um, I had written this book in the early 2000s, Fighting with a Candle and a Shofar. It's from the story of Gideon. It's very, very, very easy. This one's got money in it. Hallelujah. Somebody should have bought it. Um, but it, all the chapters are only like two pages, three pages long. I did that on purpose um, because I didn't have no more to say about that topic. And Mama always told me, when you're done, you're done. But no, seriously, I because a lot of these books, man, you get into a 10 or 15, 20-page chapter, and it takes me like a week to get through one chapter. And then I look at the book, 60 chapters, and I'm thinking... That's a lifelong commitment. I'm already married. Thank you so much. And so, please, I got to quit. Y'all just so fun, though. Y'all are just so much fun. But go by there. It's an awesome, awesome book, even if I do say so myself. I've got chapters in there uh, like called entitled Never Too Far to Cry. Um, I just want you to know that no matter where you find yourself in life, you are never too far to cry out to God. There's a chapter in here called A Night in a Wine Press. Because God called Gideon to take wheat to a wine press. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You press grapes in a wine press. But sometimes God will call you to do something nobody else is doing to get you somewhere nobody else is going. Come on, somebody. Give God praise for that right now. And then right there toward the end, we begin to talk about the, the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal. A lot of people, I mess a lot of people up, so get it. If you don't agree with it, you know, okay, Facebook me, send me mail. It's okay. I'll be okay with it. But I talk about um, when Gideon got ready, you know, Gideon was afraid to go to war with this army because his army was the smallest. Then God dwindled it down to just 300 men, and the night before the battle, he hands out the weapons, and he didn't hand out a gun. Believe it or not, he did not hand out a sword. He handed out a candle, a jar, and a trumpet or a shofar. That's the only things that they had to fight with. And God began to deal with me about spiritual warfare. And he said, because I wondered why people could quote scripture, but they were still defeated by the devil. Well, y'all quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. I know people that can quote scripture. They got it on the walls. They got it on post-it notes. I, 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 everywhere around. In fact, I tell my church all the time. Some of you have been quoting, um, pressed down, shaking together and running over. And glory to God, if you got it so pressed down, shaking together and running over that you had to kick $100 bills up underneath your garage door as it came down, the pastor and I would really like to take you out to dinner tonight. It might be Huddle House, but we need to talk. But seriously, how many people do we know have quoted Scripture their whole lives only to not really see it fulfilled? And God began to deal with me about how we fight the devil. You are given two weapons. 
believe it or not, you're given a, a candle that fits inside of a broken jar. I'm about to preach it and I'm trying not to right now. But you're given a candle that is put inside of a jar and you're given a trumpet. And you'll have to buy the book to find out what those mean. But if you will, all proceeds, none of this goes to me. We are, we are everywhere. In fact, unless Paul Dyer makes me stay long, and I'm not against doing what God says do, I'll leave here um, tomorrow night, actually. Um, uh, my, my friend and partner in crime right over here, Floyd Hopkins, last year he and I went and got our pilot's license so that we don't have to worry about we can come and go as we please. So we're going to go right back over to Gatlinburg, get in that little four-seater piper that we got, and we're going to fly home tomorrow night because Wednesday night i got to be at my church. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Friday and Saturday i got to be in North Carolina. Sunday morning I'll be in my church again, and then we hit the road again Sunday night. We'll be in West Virginia. We're going to be in Chicago. We're going all over carrying this life-changing message of Jesus Christ and the power of water baptism. So please go by there. They're only 10 bucks, and all proceeds go to um, help us go to the next place that we go. You love the Lord? Shout yes! yes! If you will, grab your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 24. I don't want to disappoint your pastor. I didn't hear it, but somebody told me he said he was disappointed that I didn't preach last night. So now that y'all have seen me, everybody take a one good look. Everybody look. See, see, see. I got on a jacket. I look all pretty and spiffy because it's coming off I can't stand it and um and so it's just going to go right there somebody make sure I do not leave it here if you have your Bibles turn to Genesis chapter 24 we're just going to for the sake of time I want to tell you everybody how many of you got a favorite verse in the Bible throw your hand up I'm now if you're real spiritual you're going I like them all glory to God and I understand all of it's great and all of it's wonderful but how many of you really do have this one favorite scripture how many of you got a favorite chapter in the Bible yeah, a few, few less because, you know, we read one or two a day verses, and that's if it pops up through the Bible app. And um, we, but, um, but I've got a, how many of you, um, um, you know, if I could dwindle it down, I feel like the Lord asked me one day, said, Scott, if you could just have one chapter that, that that's all you could have. If you were going somewhere that if you got caught with the Bible, they would put you to death, and so you're going to write one chapter and put it, you know, on, on your phone or somewhere, what would it be? And I, I wanted to say Psalms 119. Does anybody know why? Because it's the longest chapter in the book, and, and, you know, you want as much of the Word as you can have. But I have to be real honest with you. If I could have any chapter in the Bible, any chapter in the whole Bible, if I had to throw it all away, the whole 66 books of the Bible... All those, if I could have one, it would be Genesis chapter 24. I love this chapter in the Bible because I believe if, look, if you look at it through the lens of the cross, you will see things. In fact, I've been preaching out of this chapter now for 28 years. And I started, I just started preaching it because somebody asked me to preach a sermon I used to preach called The Camels Are Coming. The other day at our church, they said, man, if you will do that, you would make my day. And I don't like to disappoint because, you know, I'm, I feed on people liking me. I said, if you're a pastor and you want everybody to like you, buy an ice cream truck. Don't be a pastor. Amen. Everybody will like you then. But, but, and they'll like the music because they really don't care. It just says it's an ice cream truck. And so no matter what you play, they're okay with it. Amen. And so I love Genesis chapter 24 because I believe it gives us the greatest, the greatest insight 
to God the Father. Say, I want to know Him. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I want to know Him. That's what this is all about. This is it for me. If it's for you, okay, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm proud for you. But for me, this is not about going to heaven. Now, I know I just messed up because some people get into this because of the end result because of the retirement plan I'm not in this because of the retirement plan in fact somebody said what happens if you die and there is no God I I, I don't believe that's going to happen but quite frankly I don't care because I'm not in it for what I get boy I feel the Holy Ghost in saying this I'm not in this for what I get at the end of a thing I'm in this because I'm just in love with him I'm in love with him and I'd be in love with him if it if, if it ends up not being real he's not going to he's not going to disappoint me if I get to the end of this thing and heaven don't have a bunch of mansions and heaven isn't a bunch of stuff he's not going to disappoint me see I'm sort of like the woman in the song of Solomon chapter 3 you know what she was married to the king living in the mansion but when she woke up and he wasn't there you know what she said I'm going to get up and go find him you you won't SK anybody got the SK version of the Bible Okay, God, man, i got to get some more than printed. That's the Scott King version. I don't add to or take away, but this is what she was saying. I didn't come here because if you study, boy, I need to preach that. If you study this out, you'll find that she was not raised to be a wife of a king. In fact, he had to leave his palace and go find her. Are you hearing me? And when he found her, he didn't find her walking around in high heel shoes with her nails done and her hair primped up. He found her working in a garden. And she was so bad off, she wasn't even working in her garden. She was working in in her brother's garden because her brothers didn't even like her. Come on, somebody. And she finally made it. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. She finally made it to the palace, which was every young girl's dream. And she gets there, and she wakes up in the middle of the night, and he's not there. And you know what? What the modern church, I'm going to preach it anyway. I don't care. You know what the modern, I'm going to say, you know what the modern church would say? They would say what they're saying right now. We're just going to sit here and wait for him to show back up. We're just going to sit here and wait for God to show back up, but not her. She said, I didn't come here for this palace. I came here for him. And if he's not here, I don't want to stay. She said, I, and, and I see, this is the thing. As soon as she married him, she got her own attendance. She got people that helped her pick out her clothes. She got people that helped her figure out where she was going in the day. I'm telling you, she had people. And you know what? If anything happens on their watch, they are put to death. So this wasn't just some kind of, well, you just going out of here. Uh-uh. Her servants had to rush in that in the middle of the night and say, no, 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 no. We'll go find him. You stay here. Here. And she said, you don't understand. I didn't come here for the closet full of dresses. I didn't come here for all this stuff in this mansion. I came here for him. And I'm going to go get him because none of this means anything without him. That's what's wrong with the church today. We have fallen in love with everything but him. We've fallen in love with the music. We've fallen in love with the style and the lights and all of that stuff, but we have forgotten him. Billy Graham said back in the 70s, he said the Holy Ghost could leave our church and it would take us two years to figure it out. 
And sad thing about it is that's a Baptist man telling us that. We wouldn't know it if the Holy Ghost didn't show up because we got everything clocked. We know what we're going to do at 17 minutes past the moment we start. We got this thing so fine-tuned that we're down to a 42-minute church service. The devil is a liar. I'm telling you, if God shows up in minute 41, we're going to stay till he's done because this ain't about me and my time schedule. This is about God. You can't have a move of God on your time. You can't have a move of God when one young man comes to get baptized and then 20, 39 more stand up. You just got to obey God. And you got to let God be God. And you can't tell people they can't because you're not prepared. I'm telling you, if you want a move of God, it ain't his fault if he's not moving. I don't know who done stirred it up in me today. I come in here trying to be nice. But see, we're not going to have revival if we keep telling God how we're going to do it. When we start bowing down, you know what? The last church he talks about is what? What? Laodicea, right? And see, I always thought that Laodicea meant lukewarm, but it don't. Mm-mm. It was the lukewarm church, but that's not what Laodicea means. You know what it means? In the original text, it means the will of the people. It means whatever the people votes, what we do. And we have become, boy, I'm about to preach. Am I okay yet? (laughs) We are on the verge of making church more about people than about God. We have come, I'm not against it. God bless you. If you don't, I don't care where you, I don't even know where y'all go to church half the time. It ain't up to me. But I'm telling you, somebody said, are we going to do multiple services here? I said, nope. Garth Brooks don't do multiple shows. If you want to get in here and see me preach, you got to get up here early. If you got to stand, you got to stand. I'm going to do one because I ain't about making it okay and easy for you. I told my church one day, I said, man, if I just had a grain of faith like a mustard seed, I'd start having church at 4 a.m. just to see how many of you really want church. And I know I just heard somebody say, well, I wouldn't come. Well, you ain't here now. You're just here in body because when you want God, you'll go after him. When you want God, see, let me tell you something. The people in China are seeing one of the greatest revivals in the history of Christianity. Not because they got more faith, but because they're hungry. They can call church at 3 o'clock in the morning in room 112 at the Hilton and people will line up to get there because they want God. Not long ago. How many in this lean-to? Anybody don't know what a lean-to is? That is a church that they have built out of all it was, seriously. They had put up new electrical poles, and this church had went around and picked up the electrical poles. It was made out of electrical poles, blue tarps, and tin. It would seat. I asked them, I said, how many will this thing sit Now, he started with a little area about like this. And then they had a door-looking thing here, and it went whoop that way. 
Then they just cut a little door, whoop, went that way. It looked like a spider. I said, how many would this thing sit? He said, American style or Kenyan style? That's what he said to me. I said, American style. I said, he said, ah, it won't seat but about six to seven hundred American. I'm sitting there thinking, where? Because in America, when you get 60% full, you're losing people, glory to God, because they don't want to be inconvenienced in the parking lot, and they don't want to sit by nobody in the church. I'm waiting on the day for somebody. If you do this, it's mine. I'm telling you, it's on Facebook Live. Somebody start a texting church, because, my Lord, if we ever see somebody face-to-face, we're going to flip out. And then Paul gets me. If you start that, I'm telling you, if I see text church, I'm going to come after you. I got her on the Facebook up there. I said, well, how many will it sit Kenyan style? And he said, oh, we'll have three to 4,000 in here tomorrow. I said, and now I'm really thinking, where? The next morning I found out where. I mean, brother, they were like this. And it was in Kenya, where I doubt they ever heard of, I mean, if they ever heard a secret, it got out, ladies. Their right guard had done took a left fast. And I looked at him, and I said, because, you know, inquiring minds just got to ask you in Africa. I said, how many people you seen raised from the dead? He said, in this church or our old one? I said, this one. He said, well, we've only seen eight raised from the dead in this church. But we ain't been here quite a year yet. I said, I always wonder why y'all see more dead people raised than us. He said, really? What'd you come up with? I said, y'all got more faith than us. He said, seriously, have you seen my country as compared to America? Y'all are blessed. And you're blessed despite what they say right now because of the Christian founding fathers we had. We based it on God. That's why we're blessed. And I can map it all the way from the moment we quit honoring God. But that's another sermon for another time. I said, well, it's because you don't have as many distractions. You know, I got TV, movie theaters. He said, well, I got direct TV at my house. And I thought, oh. I said, well, then why is it? He said, well, it's simple. We pray for more dead people than you do. If everybody you pray for is hearts beating, you ain't going to see nobody raised from the dead. We've come to a place where we want everything but God. We want, and I'm not against any of it. I'm just, I need you to understand. I'm really not. I'm not against, well, he don't like him big churches. I like big churches. Glory, hallelujah, the bigger the better. 
But we can't get to where we want more of God's people more than we want God. We've gotten to a place, if we can find 20 people that want to have church on Thursday afternoon at 158, we'll start a church service. And nowhere in the Bible was church ever meant to be convenient. When church becomes convenient for us, it'll be inconvenient for Him. When we start doing everything for us, He won't show up. I'm telling you right now. I used to ask God, I'm like, why in the world do you always show up the night I decide to stay home? You ever wondered that? You stay home one Sunday night, you're going to get a call. Boy, God moved tonight. Every time. I'm not saying nothing, but you know, if you're not there and God is. That young lady woke up. Solomon chapter 3. She had it made. She had gotten what all the young lady's desire. She is married to the king. She's not just married to somebody. She is married to the somebody. She'll never have to worry about a thing the rest of her life. She is Solomon's wife. And again, he left. Do the study on it. He left the palace to go find her. I can prove it through historical fact that when he left the palace to go find her, he didn't leave as the king. In, in fact, in fact, in fact, he, he um, clothed himself in a completely different robe so nobody would recognize him. Because he was tired of people falling in love with him because of what he had to offer them. Sometimes if Jesus is tired of people falling in love with him for some mansion somewhere. I've never been able to figure out why in the world the creator of the universe, we've got him up there with a the Home Depot tool belt on, building me a mansion. I'm like, Jesus, quit working on my mansion. I'll do it when I get there. Now, I know that messes people up. But I mean, the, the one who slung stars in their socket, you think he's up there with, DeWalt tools building something he can just say mansion B I'm not saying we're not going to get a mansion maybe we will maybe we won't I'm just telling you I don't care I don't care if I'm in the desert as long as I got him I'm not in it for the mansion I'm not in it for streets of gold I'm not in it for walls of jasper gates of pearl I'm not in it for none of that I'm in this thing because of him I have just realized he is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. He, there is no comparison to anything. He, ha, he has always been there. He has. Father. And that's just who he is. And the one night she wakes up and he's not there, it's a telltale sign of a true person who's in love with the man more than the merchandise. 
because she didn't even stutter. She said, I will, he's not here. The one that I love, he is not here on the bed. He's not here. I will get up now and I will go find him. I will walk through the city streets and I will find the one my heart loves. Because she had fallen in love with him. Before she ever knew that he had anything. You don't believe me? Go home. This is your homework. Read Song of Solomon. Read the whole book. It's only seven chapters. Eight. Seven? Seven chapters? Eight? Six years in college and seminary, and I still don't know what's in the Song of Solomon. In chapter one, here's the thing, though. You can't read it. You, you've got to, you and I have got to read it in chronological order, but it's not. It's poetry. So she'll bounce all over the place. You ever read somebody's diary? Oh, boy, that'll mess up. Don't just, guys, look straight here. Don't. Don't go, yeah, because when you get in the car, she'll be like, whose diary you been? <laughs> you been reading my prayer journal? Because that's what we call it now. <laughs> We're just talking to King Jesus nowadays and not some fig. But have you, you ever read one? Ever, ever go back and read some of your stuff? And you'll be like, well, I got up and it was Monday and I was looking so terrible. And I had sushi for lunch. And anybody else reading that is going, my Lord, how did you get up? You got up on Monday, and now you're done at lunch, and then you'll go back. And I put on my clothes and got ready for work, and supper was a good thing, and you're bouncing all over the time. Well, that's what happens with the Song of Solomon. In fact, he leaves her. See if this don't sound familiar. He comes robed in common garments. He woos her affection and then he leaves. How do you know he leaves? Because he comes back. But the next time he comes back, she looks over and says, there comes Solomon. She knew him because he was in his chariot the second time. Oh, Lord, I feel like preaching this thing. Are y'all catching this? He came in common clothes the first time. But the next time he came, he came in his chariots. And when he got there, she didn't even hardly recognize him. And in fact, she didn't recognize him until he spoke. Because she might not have knew what he looked like, but he all she really knew what he sounded like. And it says that when she heard his voice, she knew that he was the one that her heart loved. They get married, they go in this palace. It's an amazing story. But it all encapsulates in that one moment where she says, if he's not here, I don't want none of this. And see, for us to have a move of God in 2019, we have to go like every other great move of God throughout the history of the church. And that is we have to get to a place where we want him more than we want anything else he'll give us. If you go to get in this water because you want something other than him, you're just going to get wet. But if you get in this water wanting him, I'm going to say something. Let me just look straight down because I'll be making people mad. If you get in that water wanting anything but him, you're just going to get wet. If you get in that water wanting nothing but him, Whatever you go in that water to get rid of won't matter when you come out because you'll have him. 
Somebody say preach. I've always heard people preach. Well, you know, that old boy that wrestled with the angel, he had a limp the rest of his life. And I said, he didn't care. How do you know? Promise you. He didn't care. In fact, when... In fact, when you have gone through hell and come out on the other side, you don't care you got a limp. You want everybody to see. I wrestled with him and I made it out and I still... See, I'm trying to get us to understand it's about Him. And if we make it about anything but Him, we've lost it. If we make it about water, we've lost it. Water isn't nothing but a, 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 a. It's just a symbol. It's, it's something. something. Well, why I got to get in it? Obedience. There's nothing special. They drained the water that was in there last night. Filled it back up today. There ain't nothing special in the water. There's something special in your obedience. And when you're obedient, ask Naaman what happens. And you know what happened at the end of the story? She found him. She found him. Because so many people, if I took a survey in here tonight, and there was some kind of Something we could put in the air vents to make sure you all told the exact truth. <laughs> There's nobody, everybody in here would say, if I, if I am convinced it's God, I'll do it. I can feel it in this room. If God called you to Kenya, East Africa, as long as you, some of you would hesitate if you was having to work in your own self, but if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt it was God, you'd go home and pack your bags and get on a plane tonight. Because I feel it. It's, as long as you, what hinders us is not knowing if it's God. We stay in the if zone with God. Well, what, what if it's not? What if it's not? What if, what, if, what if I mess up? I had a pastor tell me one time, he said, don't ever let the fear of missing God keep you from going after him. Because God will reward a faithful miss. You better hear what I just said. I said, God will reward a faithful miss. Laying in bed one night, 3 o'clock in the morning. I feel, I feel faith rising. Y'all better get ready. Who's helping me with baptism? Anybody getting baptized tonight? Nobody? Good. Oh, yes. I see that. You won't be the only one. Don't even worry. I know, I know how the devil works. He'll be like, look at there. You're the only one. So he thought too. I'm in the bed one night. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. This is... Um, B.C., before children. And 
I'm laying there, and I woke up. Boom, just as, I mean, just woke up. Not like, uh, rolled over and woke up. Not like woke myself up snoring. I woke up, like, boom. And I'm like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And it is Sunday morning, which means the preacher got to get up and go preach in a few hours. And I'm like, okay, I'm going back to sleep. And I rolled over, tried to go back to sleep. I couldn't go back to sleep. Back then, we had this house, and we had an above-ground swimming pool. had a deck that went around the whole thing, and thank God, it was summertime. Because I heard the Lord say, go get in the pool. And I told the Lord, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> now, I'm sorry if y'all ain't never had this conversation with God. I apologize for you having to be introduced to my unfaithfulness. And then I heard the Lord say go get in that pool and I told the Lord ain't gonna happen now I know I know y'all all spiritual and y'all have jumped up and just run out there in your skibbies and jumped in the pool I know how y'all are y'all so faithful and I'm so pitiful and I heard the Lord say go get in the pool and I told the Lord if I wake my wife up she's gonna kill me Thank you, brother. <laughs> and I'm a big old boy, and I can't get out of bed without waking her up because she's a light sleeper. Even B.C., she was a light sleeper. She'd become an extremely light sleeper now. I can't even clear my throat. Huh, huh, what was that? What? What? Did you hear that? I said, God said, Go get in the pool. And I said, my neighbors will see me. And if I open the drawer that my swim trunks are in, ergo, I wake up the wife. She kills me. We haven't accomplished nothing, God. He said, trust me. Go get in the pool. I rolled out of bed, walked over there, pulled the drawers out really easy. You know how you pull the drawers? You wiggle them to try to keep them from... And your swim trunks are underneath everything in the drawer. Pull it out real quick. I go put my swim trunks on. Now I'm getting excited because now I'm past the fear of waking her up. I'm getting excited. God's called me to the swimming pool at 3 o'clock in the morning. He is about to save us. Now, y'all may not get that excited when God speaks, but I do. And I'm like, he's going to say something. So now I'm going out there like, he's going to say something. I'm writing my own song, brother. Hey, sing a new song to the Lord. It's what it said. Ah, he's going to say, I jump in that pool. Kabloosh. And God said, I thought you was afraid you was going to wake her up. That's what he said to me. Clear as crystal. I'm sitting in the middle of this 24-foot round pool, four foot deep. I'm in the middle of it, and I am proud of myself. Because after about nine or ten convincings, I obeyed God. I go, like Isaiah, here I am, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I don't know, hey, listen, if he don't talk to you this way, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry because 
I, I, we got, we, God and I, I may not know the same God you know. I don't know, but mine's pretty funny. He really, really, really is. And about that moment, I'm, I'm telling you, I did not hear an audible laugh, but I heard laughter. <laughs> to which was, was, was on the tail of it said, Scott, you ain't got good sense. I said, but I'm here. God, speak. He said, I just wanted to see if you'd do it. <laughs> and he said, Scott, you're crazy. And you don't care. And my mind instantly went back. 1996 I'm at the North Cleveland Church of God I didn't want to be there because the Brownsville revival team was there and I saw those crazy nuts lining up at 12 o'clock noon to get in the building and I didn't want to get in the middle of all of that and so I decided, instead of going and doing my due diligence and being an usher, I decided I was going to wash my car. Cleanliness is next to... And I got a phone call from another roommate of mine named Rodney Vickers, and he, says, he, he called me Kingfish. He said, King, he said, Kingfish, we need you. One man down having enough to usher. And I was like, Rodney, I don't even want to be there. He said, no, we need you. Come around back. You can park underneath the thing and you walk right in. So I did. I get there and I deal with the mass of people. This is 1996. This isn't back in the day, which I guess 96 is now back in the day. <clears throat> Some of y'all going, Y'all had cars in 96? Yeah, we did. And um, so it got time for the altar call. And I decide, well, I'm here. I might as well get prayed for. I mean, I am a Bible student. You know, it sort of should be a prerequisite that I have to go to the altar before anybody because I'm supposed to be more spiritual. And so they called for the altar, and I run up. And I was on this side of the stage at the North Cleveland Church of God, the old sanctuary. And they came by, John Kilpatrick came by, and he prayed for everybody but me. And it looked like a, y'all ever seen those when like a tornado hits and there's just that one house that it didn't even touch in the middle? That was me. I'm the one house that didn't even touch. And this was one of those tornadoes I really did want to get touched by because, I mean, it was God, you know. And I'm sitting there going, there's something wrong with me. They moved everybody out of the way that had been slain in the Holy Ghost and brought a whole other team up around me. It's my time. I can feel it. Steve Hill, the evangelist of the Brownsville Revival, came by. He prayed for everybody but me. I'm still that lonely little house just standing in the middle of all of this. Well, now I'm really beginning to wonder what's wrong with me. So I just stand there. and This goes on two or three times, actually. 
And about that time, Steve Hill makes his way to the stage and he looks over at me and he points straight at me. And if you've ever, if you ever, did anybody ever go to the Brownsville Revival Bill Party? Okay, so you know what that finger pointing looks like. You know, I mean, it's like the finger of God. You know, when Steve Hill, he said, get up here. I said, okay. I made my way to the top of the stage. Well, I didn't know it, but he'd already went to the other side of the stage and he'd called my roommate, Rodney Vickers, on the same stage. I did not know what was going on on the other side because I was too caught up in what was going on on my side or the lack thereof. And when we got on stage, we did what roommates do. Rodney had been watching on my side and he had realized that he wasn't getting prayed for and he had realized I wasn't getting prayed for. And so we decided to console each other on the stage. And so he hugged me and he said, the Lord spoke to me. It's because, you know, you're a Bible student and you got to get a word from the Lord to explain why you're not being prayed for. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, we don't need man to lay hands on us. And I'm thinking, well, that sounds good, but I really want them to pray for me. I came all this way and I was washing my car and I got ready and I got here, so I feel like I should be prayed for. And about that time, Steve Hill tapped me on my shoulder and he turned me around and he said, you're going to be like a green beret. In the end time revival. He said this isn't it. He said people have tried to make this it. But this is not the end time revival. But it's coming. And when it does you're going to be like a green beret. Because you're crazy. You're uninhibited. And you don't care. I looked at your youth pastor last night. And I said I was up on stage. And I said do you want to know when I knew it was real? what God is doing at my church and he said when's that I said I was at my church on a Tuesday night Tuesday night praise team practice I had a meeting with a couple they needed some counseling and so I got done with that counseling and it was about they started at 6 30 it's about eight o'clock and I went downstairs into the sanctuary and all the lights were out except for stage lights and they were working on those and Different things were going on, but I had heard through the wall because my, my office is like right up in that area from our sanctuary. And I'd heard a young lady who has just literally become like a daughter to my wife and I, and she was singing like I've never heard her sing before in her life. And I came down, and before I left, I said, hey, they were already packing up, and I said, hey, 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 will y'all hold up a minute? And I love the fact that there is a culture of honor in our church. Not because I'm the recipient of that honor a lot of times, but because I believe honor precedes a move of God. Nowhere in church history will you ever see a move of God happen where they didn't honor the man of God. Never happened and it never will. And I said, hey, 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 hold up just a second, guys. Could y'all sing that song just one more time? And you know, they, they're used to me. And they just went, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll put, you know, they plugged back. They'd unplugged all their guitars, basses, and I think we've got about eight musicians up on stage, and so they get prepared. And they start singing, and what happened next was nothing short of heaven kissing earth. I went Facebook Live that night. You can go on my Facebook page, Bishop Scott King, just scroll down. This was about six weeks ago, maybe, and watch it for me. So I went Facebook Live, and I, the glory of God came down in that house. How do you know that, Scott? Because 
Within 30 minutes, 50 people had driven to the church and were laid prostrate all over the building. We didn't call a church service. In fact, I had people that live, how far is Greenwood? About an hour and 15 minutes from home. I had people for an hour and 15 minutes away begging me to continue this move till they could drive all the way from Greenwood and get in the building on a Tuesday night. I had, uh, how old is Miss Linda? Do you know Greg Meredith's mama, 73, 4? I had a 73, 74-year-old lady text me and said, on a Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. and says, if you'll stay five minutes, I'm coming to get baptized. Is the water ready? I can't wait another moment. I have to obey God. Her and her daughter showed up and both got baptized along with their granddaughter. Her granddaughter got baptized. Why are you telling me this? I'm telling you this because God wants to do it. I'm standing in that pool and God, without me even thinking about it, at 3 o'clock in the morning, God says the exact same words that Steve Hill said to me on that stage. And I know it well, you knew those words and you just made it up in your head. I wasn't even thinking about Steve Hill in that moment. In fact, he had to say them and then my mind went back to that. But God let me know. And I don't say that to tell you I'm some kind of end time prophet. I'm not. That's Perry Stone's job. We'll let him keep up with it, okay? Um, I, but I'm, I'm just telling you, I believe that God wants to do something massive and great. And I just want to be a part of it. And the way you can be a part of it is to be obedient. Every time God tells you to move, you move. I don't care how many times. I've had people get in our pool three times. My son has severe scoliosis. He's 12 years old. He wears a back brace every night. They're trying to correct it before he gets too old. And he's been baptized twice and asked me if he could do it again. Because he's saying, I'm going to get in it until God heals me. And I'm not going to be denied of my miracle. And I'm not going to be stopped for nothing in this world. So tonight, all I'm asking you, I don't know if, that, if what I've done constitutes a sermon, but I don't want to upset you, Bishop. But I want you to be obedient tonight, everyone, in this house. The first thing I want you to be obedient about is this altar call. This is the call tonight. If you're here, and this is a hard one, okay? This is the, I promise you, I am trying to preach the camels are coming. Can I stay till I can preach camels are coming? <laughs> He's like, oh God, I ain't sure about all that. <laughs> no, he's saying, yeah, let's stay. Um, all joking aside, though, Tonight's going to be a hard pill to swallow in this altar call. Is that cool? Let's get real for just a second. I've been asking God for the last few weeks because God's not really allowed me, even at my own church, to preach a normal message. I go all the way to Honduras just a couple of months ago, and the whole time I'm preaching, this is what I'm doing. I'm just talking, and it frustrates me because I'm a preacher. I don't say that to brag, but that's my thing. I spent seven years on the road full time. Forty, I could, and I'm not bragging, but I could probably, a pastor will tell you, I could probably book up another four or five years. When I came off the road, I was booked three and a half years in advance. If you wanted me, you'd get me in 2023. And I don't say that to brag. I'm just telling you that God is up to something. 
And when we get serious about what God is wanting to do, God's going to get serious about each and every one of us. Are you hearing me? Huh? Because when we get serious and we go after Him, i, I got to change. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This is what God wants us to do. If you're in this room, I want to pray for you, not because I'm some kind of person. I tell people all the time, there ain't a preacher in the world got any power. All power belongs to God. What I do have is the power of agreement. And the Bible says if me and this gentleman right here agree touching any one thing, we shall have whatsoever we ask. So I'm going to agree with you tonight. If you will, stand to your feet all over this house. If somebody will move this for me because... Here's the hard one. I, gotta, I, I was telling the story, but I got to move on right quick because it is going to get laid on us. Here it is. And I want you to be honest because this is where, this is where the rubber is going to meet the road. And then we'll, we'll get ready to baptize. If you're here and you say, Preacher, I'm saved. I know I've made heaven my home. But there is something that has stirred up on the inside of me tonight that makes me want to go after God more than I ever have before. There's something that's stirring in me that's, that's saying, I gotta, I gotta press in. I've gotta go after God. I want to go after Him. Thank God for a woman with an issue of blood that says, I gotta go after Him. Thank God for that blind man you was talking about when I first walked in. That even though he couldn't see him, he had help, but he got to Jesus and he was made whole. Tonight, this is what I want you to do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask you this one question. I'm going to open up these altars. I want to pray for you. And God's going to move in these altars. He did last night in a powerful way. God moved in the altars before he moved in the baptismal pool. Because we've got to be obedient. If you're here and there is something stirring in you right now, and I can see it on some of your faces. If you wonder if it's you, you're going to feel God begin to move on you right now. Before you can even move, you're, you're beginning to feel the tug. For some of you, it's not a real strong tug. It's just real subtle right now because God just wants to see if you'll move. He wants to see if you'll get in the pool. When I was in Honduras and we were just talking, I got mad at God because I want to preach. And a friend of mine said, boy, you're not comfortable when you're not preaching, are you? And I said, no. He said, you feel a little weak, don't you? And I said, yes. He said, good, because God is made perfect and His strength is shown when you're weak. So here's what I want. If you're in this place right now, well, the power of God's all over you, young man. Here, lift your hands right there. Right there. That's Him. That's Him. You are so hungry. <laughs> if you're here and you just say to yourself, I want to go after God stronger. I don't want to be passed by in this move of God. I want you to get out of your seat and meet me down here right now, right now. Will you move? Will you move? Will you move? I'm going to need some help. Throw your hands up right there. Woo. Some of you young men come help me real quick. That's the power of God right there. Now, now, now. Lift your hands right there, man of God. You have no clue what you did last night. I felt a damn break last night in his life. 
Here it comes. There goes the glory right there. Help him, help him. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus. Woo, there it goes. Now, 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 now. I will lift my voice 
the presence of the Lord we hold the glory of the Lord we hold oh we hold the glory The presence of the Lord be He is here, even now. He is here, even now. He is here, even now. Behold, behold. So behold, behold, he is here, even now, he is here, even now, come on, he is here, even now, so behold, behold, he is here, even now, he is here, even now, he is here. I will live my voice. 
the Holy One. See He's here, even now. He's here, even now. He's here, even now. So behold, behold. He's here, even now. He's here, Woo! even now. Come on. He's here, even now. So behold, behold. He's here. Come on, church. 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 He's here, even now. So behold, behold. Oh, he's here, even now. He's here, even now. He's here, even now. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Put your hands together and give God some praise. He is here, even now. He is here, even now. Anyone else from God before before we move to the next service? Anybody else? Before I move on. Before I move on. Behold, 
We've buried them. And we're going to start tonight. You just be obedient. Pam, you ready? I think Elijah's ready. I don't know. Something, I don't, something's telling me. Either he's diving in. I don't know. But I believe there's some more of you. There's some things. Look, for those of you who wasn't here, a lot of times we only view baptism as an outward sign of what we did. We bury the old man as a part of our understanding of salvation and, and, and agreeance with what Christ did himself. And we raise symbolically as new life. Well, I believe just as in the old times, when they talked about ships that were actually sunk in the sea. They, they said they were baptized in the sea. So tonight, there's things that you have. There's things that you're dealing with. And what you're saying is, I'm going to baptize that. I want to put it to death. And I want to resurrect the new. I want to be made new. Last night, we had several children, young people, who had recently got saved. We talked about six of our children got saved in children's church the last, last uh, two weeks ago. Amen. And so two of those got baptized last night. Last night. Stacy, you made some statements last night. You said, my life is no longer mine, it is the Lord's. Yeah. Look, whatever it is, whatever it is you're carrying that you want to let go of, look, don't leave here carrying that anymore. Let's bury that tonight. Let's say no more. I don't want to live in that no more. I don't want to be a part of that no more. I am completely made new. I want to be completely surrendered to Jesus Christ. My old man buried. I don't want to take it off the cross again. I don't want to carry that anymore. I don't want to even go to the gravestone. I want to walk away free, free in the Holy Spirit, free from my past. That I don't look back, I look forward for every ounce of what God has for me. That's what we're doing.
open now So behold, behold He is here Even now He is here Even now He is here Even now So behold, behold He is here Even now, he is here. Even now, so we hope, we hope, he is here. Even now, he is here. Even now, he is here. Even now, so we hope, we hope, he is here. Even now, he is here.
Son and Holy Spirit in the name of the Father the Son and Holy Spirit the name of the Father the Son and Holy Spirit in the name of the Father the Son and Holy Spirit in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit. Woo! In the name of the Father, the Son and Holy Spirit. He is here, even now. He is here, even now. He is here, even now. So behold, behold, he's here, even now. Come on, he's here. Woo! Yeah! Come on, behold, behold, he's here, even now. sound of awakening and I can see your broken hearts returning this is the glory of the Lord I can hear the sound of revival I can hear the sound of a wave I can see broken hearts return This is the glory of the Lord So behold, 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 behold Behold, 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 the glory of the Lord. Come on, oh, behold, 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 the glory of the Lord. 
Glory of the Lord, be 
Yeah. 
salvation. We declare healing spiritually, physically, emotionally. In the name of Jesus, we praise you for what you have done tonight. We give you all the honor and the glory. It is not by man's hands nor by the water of this earth, but it is the spiritual water of your Holy Spirit that is baptized and renewed and refreshed in this house tonight. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
insurance people here today to give me a quote on insurance and I, I just y'all need to come here I need to tell y'all something what happened last night <laughs> I was about to invite them I said hey we can open up the pool right now <laughs> I pray that something's etched in your brain that you can't get it out of your head because until we allow Jesus to be etched in our hearts and our mind that he is the central part of everything we do we can't fulfill the full plan that he has I don't want anything else I want Jesus I want Jesus and I want everybody else to have Jesus just like I need Jesus I want them to recognize their need for Jesus Amen carry that with you. Amen. Invite somebody to be here tomorrow night. Tell old Donnie Morton that I want to see him tomorrow night. Love you guys. God bless you. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus, Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus, Jesus. So here I am, here I am. Cause everybody needs Jesus, Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus, Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus, Jesus. So here I am. Everybody needs Jesus, Jesus, so here I 
Come on, everybody, come and meet the sun. Come on, everybody, meet the sun. Come on, everybody, come and meet the sun. Cause everybody needs Jesus, Jesus, everybody. Here we are. 